on the morning of September 25th, 1978, was one of California's most horrific airline accidents, bar none. We're going to get into it. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today, we're going to talk about Flight 182. Let's go. Hello, once again, stay tuned. This is Sean, your host from the I'm Dealing With broadcast. Hey, today we're going to take a uh, drive down memory lane, if you want to call it that, a drive down memory lane. And we're going to talk about something that was uh, very um, horrific, um, you know, which we lost a lot of lives during this time. It was um, the PSA Flight 182. Again, the PSA Flight 182. This dates back to September 25th, 1978. You were born way after, you know, 1978. You wouldn't know unless you've really heard about it. But that's when the PSA was around and their acronym was Pacific Southwest Airlines. And that's who they were. And uh, for those of you that do remember the planes that had the smiley face and what have you underneath. Yep, that was PSA. Well, back in 1978, uh, September 25th, there was a lot of things that had happened during that time. And um, the reason why I'm talking about that, because it's very personal to me. And uh, let me just explain. Let's go. So anyway, back in uh, 1978, you know, I was about right around just about to be eight years old. And, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where I had some things that were kind of going on in my life as a younger fella. And I was planning on going to visit my aunt, in which I did. But prior to that, man, I, I tell you, leading up to that, for those of you that, you know, that know, you know, of this type of fun. I had a mini bike. <laughs> I had this mini bike. I love that mini bike. And uh, my brother had one, too. Of course, I've talked about that and. Uh, one of my earlier podcasts, but I had this mini bike and I was riding the canes by myself. I was just kind of doing my own things away from the house and going through these dirt trails. It was kind of like a little track we used to ride our bikes in. So I decided to take my little two horsepower <laughs> mini bike. I know, you know, you wouldn't think it was fast, but I thought it was fast for me from, you know, from my age. So I'm riding this mini bike, having a good old time. And what ends up happening is I turn this corner and the mini bike kind of rolls over on me i mean it, it falls you know leans leans on me no big deal right but then i felt this pain in my leg I, I did i felt this um severe pain in my leg and i really didn't trip about it too much you know um but then the problem was was when i got up it was kind of hurt for me to put some weight on it and then i looked and i noticed that in my jeans um there was a hole <laughs> in these jeans <laughs> oh man <laughs> And of course, if you knew or you have listened to any of this podcast, you know exactly what it was like when we damaged our clothes because of my mom. You know, yeah, my father worked, did all the working and all that, provided money and 
But my mother did all the shopping. I mean, and she was the controller of the house. If you haven't heard, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, she was the controller of the house. And I'm telling you, it was just crazy when things didn't go according to her plan. Okay. And, you know, as children, you know, they have a tendency to upset the apple cart, right? <laughs> they have a tendency to do that, you know. So we, um, I, I get home. Well, actually, before I get home, I, I'm actually standing there in the canyon behind this, you know, huge bush between these two bushes, this trail going through it or a track lane, whatever you want to call it, going through these two, between these two bushes. And I'm looking at my leg. I'm looking at, you know, my jeans. And I see this hole on the side of my jeans. It's actually on my left leg on my right and near my inner uh, knee and I see this hole this kind of maybe a half an inch uh, opening by probably about about three inches long okay and I see this hole so I was um, feeling this kind of weird you know because my man why my leg hurt right but I'm like uh, why is my leg hurt so I um, decide to kind of pull up my pants leg as much as I could and I open and I get it right past the knee and I look at my knee and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. <laughs> I did. That's how, pretty much how I felt. And what I saw was my inner knee on the inside, you know, where separate your quad from your your calf muscle and that inner portion in that socket area of the knee on the right hand side of inner. I see it wide open. And it looked like little poppy seeds inside of this in the flesh because you see all the flesh inside of this thing. And, of course, um, my first thought was not, hey, um, I guess I'm going to go home and go tell my parents and so I can go ahead and get this fixed. Uh-uh, that was not my first thought. My first thought was I got hurt on this mini bike. And if I say anything, they're going to pull it from me. I'm not going to be able to have my mini bike anymore. So I was scared to say anything. So I get home. I um, I continue riding, you know, finish up the trail where I was to go back home. And I ride this thing back home and um, get there. I park. I kind of let myself in the house and what have you. And that was it. So come uh, that Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, we were dressing to go to church. And, of course, now I've got this limp in my leg. You know, I'm limping. And in those days, you didn't, you know, the parents didn't, well, at least my parents. My parents didn't put out, the, uh, didn't go, uh, go find something to wear, and then I'll see you in the family room or whatever once you're done. Uh-uh, no, <laughs> didn't work that way. Uh, mom came in and she picked out your pants, she picked out your shirt, she, you know, all this. And many times, uh, either you were dressed by her or she kind of watched you put your clothes on. So, um, she was going to dress me, but she had picked out the clothes and I think she put them on the bed or something. And what I did was I took it upon myself and said, there's no way I'm letting her dress me because she's going to see this, right? So what I decided to do, I decided to go ahead and put my own clothes on, hurting and all. I mean, <laughs> hurting and all. I didn't even tell my brother. My brother didn't even know nothing about it. I didn't even tell him. So, yeah, I put my clothes on, doing my thing. and But the problem was I couldn't get my socks on. So I was struggling to get my socks on because I, it was hurting for me to bend my leg back, you know, if, whether you're sitting down or whatever. So every time I bent the knee to bring the ankle back toward, you know, I mean, or the heel back, you know, toward your buttocks, that type of deal. When you're bending that that foot, it hurt. I was like, oh, and I was just like, you know, bearing it, you know, and I was trying to just, you know, trying to be that man, you know what I'm saying? 
trying to stomp with the big dogs. So, yeah, it was hurting like crazy. And I'm just like, uh, you know. But anyway, it got to the point to where uh, my mom was getting ready. I think she was doing my hair or whatever. And then she said to me, I think it was something about either my socks or my shoes or something like that. And she was like, well, and she saw the way I walked or something. She's like, wait a minute, why are you walking? Like, oh, no, I'm fine. Whatever. She's like, wait a minute, come over here. You know, and there was no such thing as, you know, leave me alone. I, I'm good. I told you I'm fine. Nope. Wasn't none of that. You know, as you heard once before, she told me to get, bring the vacuum out one time. And I was just like, why can't you? And I don't remember a thing after that except getting up off the floor. Okay. So you didn't talk back. It was like, you know, mom, I think I'm, she was like, Mm-mm, come here. You know, you think of yourself. So I walked over to got closer to her and she said, let me see your leg. Oh no, it's just, I just got to put my sock on or whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember. She's like, what's wrong with this leg of yours? How come you're not going to bend your leg? And she noticed the looks on my face every time she was bending, trying to bend my leg. And she said, wait a minute. And I think she either, either rolled up that leg or had me pull my pants down. And she looked at the leg and I mean, she was like, oh my God. Again, we were supposed to be on our way to church. So many of you that have heard, you, you know, um, you know, how, you know, um, we are involved, you know, in ministry, you know, within our family, you know, we've been involved for many years, my father, my mom, and, you know, and then later on as adults, you know, us as well. But my parents were really heavily involved in ministry. You know, my mother was a choir director, my, my aunt a singer, and a bunch of other things. She was at church. Then, of course, my my father was involved. He was a deacon, ordained deacon. He was a musician. He was a this. He was a that. Um, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. So anyway, so we're on our way to try to get to, you know, our house of worship and we get stopped. I mean, we get stopped in our tracks. And my mom goes, um, no. And she hollers out for my dad. She goes, Joe. <laughs> my dad comes in there, who, you know. Yeah, Tino, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, what, what you want, what, what you need, you know. And she showed him my leg, said, you know, hey, you're going to have to go. We're going to have to take him to the hospital. And when she saw, the, of course, uh, my leg opened up, filleted open. You know, you can see the flesh on the inside with these little poppy seeds and stuff. Yeah, uh, the look on her face. I mean, it was almost like her face went flush white. You know, just like, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, it was crazy. So we, we ended up going to the hospital, all that kind of good stuff. So, yep, I ended up having stitches, had to have that thing closed up, had to have my leg wrapped and all that. But the problem was I had, as I stated earlier, I was had already had plans. Okay, my parents had plans for me to go visit my aunt. And my aunt lived in Sacramento. So um, we it we. It did end up going to Sacramento, or should I say I did end up catching a flight, you know, which is interesting because, you know, those were during the times when I, I don't know if they still do it. I haven't seen it uh, when you had somebody that was dedicated to you, you know, and again, I mean, I'm like between seven to eight years old there. Right. And you have somebody dedicated to you from the time you got to the airport to the time, you know, that next party, uh, your mom, dad, that family relative or whoever it was I was waiting for you until they picked you up you had somebody with you the whole time I mean there was no separation and uh, I remember that so I get to Sacramento uh, goes off without a hitch as far as that goes but the problem was now my leg you know I'm not 100% now you know um, 
my leg is wrapped and my knees wrapped up. I don't have the flexibility, you know, like a normal, you know, running around, you know, honorary little fella. I don't have that anymore. You know, I'm just kind of hampered by what I've got going on because I was having fun. <laughs> yeah, I was having fun. I kind of messed up myself a little bit. Right. But, you know, I end up having a good time. I was there. I was with my aunt. I was with my cousin and her and I are a year apart. Uh, I'm older. She's younger. And uh, yeah, cuh. that's all I'm going to say anyway. Um, and we're having a good time. And I remember some of the different things we did is place in, uh, I'm not sure if it's still around out there in Sacramento, but there's a place called Perco's. We used to go get coffee and breakfast. And yeah, that's, believe it or not, that's when I started drinking coffee. It was my aunt's, uh, she introduced me to coffee at that age. Yeah, I know that's not the way to go. I know, I know I hear it already, but yeah, I'm a diehard, avid coffee drinker. I'm a connoisseur of coffee and I love it. Okay, but that started back then. Believe it or not, it was my aunt that introduced me to coffee and I've been drinking coffee ever since. So um, it comes a point in time to where we're there. You know, we ended up we gone to Great America out there in uh, that amusement park. We had such a good time there. Of course, they got all kind of stories talking about I was a baby and yeah, I was screaming for my mom. Get me off this ride. I probably was. OK, yeah, I probably was. OK, just what it was. OK. I'm seven, eight years old. <laughs> okay, that's just what it was. All right, so, um, so we have a you know a good time, but it gets to the point, and I think I'm out there maybe about two weeks or something like that, two, three weeks, and it gets to the point where it's time for me to come back home. So my flight was already scheduled, uh, everything was set up, and waiting for me to come back home. And it got to the point to where, um, on this particular day, we were getting ready. We had already packed our bags to um, get on or go to the airport to get on the flight to bring me back. And they were basically going to take me to the airport to drop me off. So, and I can't remember if it was the day of or the night before. I believe it was the night before we were packing. And I believe it was the night before getting all my stuff together and stuff so that way it could be on time for my flight. And my aunt got a phone call. I believe it was from my mother and said that, my stitches that were there, that were in my leg needed to be taken out. Okay, which doesn't make much sense. Well, just okay, cool. Uh, so once we get off the flight, we get back in San Diego. They'll be out. We'll take them out, right? And it was like, no, the doctor wants to take them out while you're there in Sacramento. Like, which doesn't make any sense at all uh, it, to take them out in Sacramento. But sure enough, uh, the doctor was not letting down. He said, I need to take out the stitches out of Sean's leg here in Sacramento. And that's exactly what we had to do. So even my aunt at the time was like, you know what, why are we, do we need to do that? I don't understand. You know, uh, it was, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to get rid of me. But <laughs> of course she's going to say, no, I wasn't. Um, but she was like, going, why can't the stitches come out in San Diego? Which, you know, I'm a kid. I don't really care either way. But of course, I will tell you right now, I would have prolonged taking the stitches out because simple fact, number one, I don't like needles. I'm just going to go on record. Maybe you men want to, you know, hit me in the DMs and let me know how you feel about needles. Uh, but I, I, mm, I don't like needles. Even when my children were coming up and it was time for them to get their shots and stuff like that. 
I would hold them down because they would kick and scream and all that kind of stuff. And I would turn my head the other way. I, I just don't like needles. So in all theory, you know, I could not even be a drug addict. Even if I wanted to be one like that, I I can't stay, I couldn't take needles. I'm sorry. I, I can't stand needles. Even to this day, I don't like needles. I'll, you know, I'm older now, you know, I ain't no punk anymore since yesterday. <laughs> no, but seriously. No, but I mean, I can take, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take the needle just like, you know, but I just, I don't like needles. It's just not my thing. Uh, I'd rather, you know, if there was 150 people that needed shots and I was part of that 150 people um, that needed the shot, uh, everybody else would go first before me. I, I would prolong it. That's just, that's just what that is. So need to say, um, I, we ended up going to meet with the doctor and uh, to have my stitches taken out. And uh, it happened the same day as my flight was scheduled to leave. So what ended up happening, we had to end up rescheduling my flight to leave Sacramento to come back home to San Diego. And needless to say, during that uh, ordeal of having stitches taken out and things of that sort, we find out later on that day that Southwest Airlines Flight 182 crashed. And not only did it crash, um, there were no survivors. There's a total of 135 occupants, 128 passengers. The crew was seven for a total of 135. Survivors, zero. And what happened was it crashed into a Cessna plane at roughly uh, 2,500 or so, something like that, feet in the, in the sky. Cessna was not where it was supposed to be. The plane, the, the passenger plane, the PSA flight, dropped down a little low, didn't see him. And the two crew members on the Cessna didn't survive either. Needless to say on that, um, that was my flight. That was the flight I was supposed to be on, Flight 182, PSA, landing into San Diego. When they crashed, um, it was California's worst airline incident ever until this day. Um, nothing has surpassed that incident as far as California goes. There's so many people that, as, you, as I just stated earlier, 135 people dying plus the two from Cessna plane, roughly 137. No one survived. And on top of that, there were seven people injured on the ground in the North Park area, and nine people died on the ground because the scattered debris of the airline, as well as the passengers that were dismembered, that were severed, there were body parts all over North Park area right before the, um, basically it's right after the 805 freeway, right near University Avenue and so on and so forth. A lot of that area that, if you're familiar with that area, it's a little, it's a lot more built up now, but before there was wreckage there that um, had tore apart miles and miles of North Park because it damaged homes, it damaged houses, it damaged apartment complexes. And those that were injured were people that were had that were actually in the area or in their homes at the time. You know, had it have been either earlier in the morning 
or later on in the afternoon after three or four o'clock p.m., there would have been even more deaths than what there were. And the reason why I bring this up is because um, a lot of times we complain about the things we missed. We complain about the hiccups in life. We complain about being stalled. We complain about not making it somewhere sometimes on time. We complain about, you know, sometimes the phone calls that we get. I know there's sometimes there's just some people that they, you know, you can't pay them to be on time. That's something of a different story. But I'm talking about there's these these anomalies in life that happen to us. And sometimes you don't realize that many of these hiccups, many of these sidebars, many of these sideline things that causes us to have to change our plans, that causes us to take a different route, that causes us to leave later, what does it really keep us from? You know, what are we really um, being held from? Because a lot of times, if the truth were to be told, if we um, were on time for certain things, if we did follow the original protocol, if we did not ever adjust some plans, we could run into sometimes catastrophe. We could run into failure. We could run into death, sometimes hurt, sometimes damage, harm. Think about that accident last week, last month. Matter of fact, maybe yesterday that you could have been a part of that could have been worse. Maybe you approach traffic because you were stuck at the gas station too long. You're like, man, I really want to make it through traffic. But then you get through the traffic, find out when that accident really happened and realize if you had made it on time, maybe it could have been you in that accident. Maybe it could have been you that been rolled down the hill. You know, um, there's a lot of things that I realize now, you know, at the age of seven, eight years old, I shouldn't have been here. You know, and this was really the first one. This is the first time that I really was served notice that, you know, you know, you don't think about it, you know, at nine, ten years old. I mean, it really didn't hit you so much until you're older and you look back on the things that you can actually say that you were saved from, delivered from, held from blessed to be alive and and I'm truly blessed and in the midst of that blessing when you think about it you start thinking about then I was saved for what purpose (laughs) yeah why am I still here of the 137 um, people that died the crew the stewardesses the passengers those that are on the ground those that uh, that were on the other plane those that were even injured or whatever, why, why was I spared, you know? And what I come up with is purpose. What I also come up with is grace. What I also come up with is mercy. And I thank God for grace and mercy for being here because apparently there's a purpose for me to still be here. There's a purpose for me not being taken out. And if you were to look back over the course of your life, um, maybe some of you have to look back even further. Some only have to look back to next week, last week, last month, last year. Some of you are cancer survivors where others didn't make it. Some of you are COVID survivors where others didn't make it. Some of you are accident survivors where others didn't make it. Some of you are drowning survivors where a ship went down and you should have been gone, but you made it and others didn't. When you think over the course of your life, you have to ask yourself, yes, I'm glad I made it. Yes, I'm glad I was safe. Yes, I'm glad for grace and mercy. But then it's like, but then what is now? What is my purpose? (laughs) 
So you begin to thank God um, about your purpose. You begin to think to yourself, you know, what am I what am I here to do? Who am I here to bless? Who am I here to help? Who am I here to lead? Who am I here to guide? And sometimes who am I here to follow? Because all of us are here to do a certain thing. But sometimes we have to look in that rearview mirror to be thankful from whence we came. And I think a lot of times we're so focused on moving forward, which is great. There's nothing wrong with moving forward. That's why that, that's why that wet front windshield is so big. It's for you to keep on looking forward. And that rearview mirror is so small. Because sometimes you have to look at back a little bit from whence you came. And I'm here to let you know that no matter what you do, continue to move forward and be grateful. I'm Sean, your host. Thank you for another edition of the I'm Dealing With Broadcast. Stay tuned and be blessed.